You're listening to the Tuesday Talks Podcast, your source of truth in communications, identity management, and technology. The Tuesday Talks Podcast wraps up conversations kicked off at this year's SIPNOC webinar series hosted by the SIP Forum. We welcome their chairman of the board of directors, Richard Shockey. He and Rebecca discuss a few topics introduced, such as the 6X response codes, the main success from the webinars, and expectations from the webinar discussions next year on cross-border communications. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a live discussion series where we bring truth and shed light across the brand, identity, and communications industry. I'm Rebecca Johnson, founder and CEO of Numerical, and I'll be co-hosting today's session with Richard Shockey, Chairman of the Board of Directors at SIP Forum. It's great to have you here today, Richard. Thanks for coming. Oh, delighted. Absolutely, you know, pleasure. And uh, it was great having you at SIPNOC. Great. Yes. So that's why we are here. Uh, last year on our last season, uh, Anise Jaffer and I did a recap of the SIPNOC because there was a lot of great content. And we thought, what better this year than to have Richard join us and actually share some of his insights? Uh, to the benefit of the team who maybe weren't able to attend the event. So the event that we're talking about last month, the SIP Forum hosted its annual SIP Knock, uh, which consists of a week-long series of webinars uh, that are presented by, and they are the experts. It really is stacked with the experts, the people that you should be listening to. Um, but these are the leading experts in the development of the Sir Shaken Call Authentication Framework, robocall mitigation initiatives, and then other critical topics that are impacting the call delivery ecosystem. So Numerical uh, did get the opportunity to lead a discussion on trust and branded calling uh, and identified a number of topics for follow-up activities as well. So today we would like to give Richard the opportunity to share what he views as some of the biggest discoveries and greatest momentum that's coming out of the event. All right, thank you, Rebecca. Let me. Uh... Well, we point out again, you know, we, uh, we had a very successful event. Uh, we had nearly 1,000 discrete participants over the five days. And you know, in looking at the you know, sort of attendee list, there are you know, a lot of you know, truly notable folks. Certainly all the major US carriers were uh, participating, AT&T, Verizon, Lumen, uh, we had very, very solid participation by our regulatory friends, certainly at the FCC and uh, folks from the CRTC in Canada. And oddly enough, we got about uh, six participants from Comrade, which is the Irish regulator. And uh, I've been in touch with them privately, trying to uh, see how the robocall contagion um, is spreading really in the Republic of Ireland as well. So that's really the, the sort of basics of it one way or the other. And we'll certainly be, you know, talking about our plans and actions either this year or early next year as well. But I think some of the things we could begin to highlight here is specifically from the enterprises. Uh, there has been a substantial amount of work done on what is known as 608, 607, and 603, which is a tactical means by which uh, the network signals the originating party that the call has been blocked, okay? And this is something that uh, particularly the financial services industry has been deeply concerned about. 
This is banks, insurance companies, credit unions, loan processing firms, one way or the other. They want to know when their call has been blocked and they want to know how to engage the originating provider or the data analytics folks in some form of remediation. Who do I call to stop this one way or the other? And uh, there's a very open docket about this at the FCC that I've participated in. Uh, American Bankers Association, uh, the American Association of Hospital Management, because this is uh, clearly an issue for the healthcare industry as well. And we the, we, the engineers, were basically saying, you know, well, this 608 thing sounds good, but it is a pain in the neck to implement because of its requirements to encrypt the, uh, the J card in the uh, in the response and what we proposed was uh, using the existing 603 code and augmenting it with uh, open text response codes and one way or the other and literally last friday i was on a very large zoom call with all of these folks basically saying that yeah, we're going to work on this. We will probably have something ready for uh, trialing early this summer. Uh, we're that far along on this one way or the other. Uh, the associations are going to provide us with a letter or a memorandum about what they expect to see. But actual progress in this has gone, gone quite a bit. So we're, we're really, from the purely technical perspective, that's one of the things that is going to really, really help enterprises in the future. And Richard, for our audience, um, not everyone is familiar with 603, 607, 608. Um, so can you kind of touch on, I know that there's an element sure, of right. vendors, and then there's the FCC <laughs> and that gets very confusing. It, you know, it's, you know, geek speak. Um, what the 6X series is, is a series of response codes. Uh, that are part of the SIP standards for any, you know, any number of things, you know, including, you know, network busy, you know, the, the famous fast tones we would get in the TDM world. So it's a response code. And so 603 has a multiplicity of uses, and I won't necessarily get into the gory details here. 607 is a specific code that indicates that the user that the call party directly blocked the call. Um, and that 608 was designed in part to allow the calling party to know that the network blocked it. So it's typically data analytics would be involved, uh, AT&T or Verizon or Lumen or Granite or whomever would then send a 608 code back. Some service providers have played with it um, and ran into all the sorts of problems that we sort of run into there. Um, so we are gonna be able to do this. Uh, and I think the, the, the challenge for folks in the enterprise space is we'll send them this, the, the 603 plus, just what are they gonna do with it? Uh, and that is going to be you know, a challenge for the session border controller folks uh, also you know, third-party contact center platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because a lot of financial institutions don't run their own contact starter. Right. They contract that out. And you know, we certainly see opportunities for Marical and others to help the enterprise interpret the response the terminating provider gives. Yeah. And just to confirm, um, I know we say it, but it's really nice to have an industry expert on our podcast to state it. Carriers are implementing the 603 uh, blocking. Uh, and that was due to uh, requirements. Um, I believe they started January. Is that correct? Correct. And there has been some reports of sort of wild and woolly 608s floating around. Uh, they were not encrypted and they call it naked 608 for some ridiculous reason. Okay. But uh, the reports I get back from the, uh, the network engineers at the major service providers, and it's clearly the mobile operators, by the way, is that they're seeing it. Um, and they are actually uh, starting to process it as soon as, you know, Addis and the SIP Forum, our joint venture network to network interface task force has a finalized document. We are, we definitely understand that the vendors, this would be typically Ericsson, Nokia, uh, Metaswitch, even Acme Oracle, you know, who's still out there one way or another. Uh, those folks are, uh, they're already starting the general coding process as we speak. That's good to good to hear that uh, on that progress, and that, that's definitely something that Numerical will continue to watch. And um, you know, Richard, you're a good source for keeping the industry updated uh, on that progress. So I think we definitely want to do a follow up uh, to understand what were the results with uh, the banks that you mentioned and and the hospital management as well. And the the, the, the folks that I've talked to, I mean, they are brand names you would instantly recognize. Them. Um, and, you know, again, for the, uh, in my discussions, like with the credit union, they're going to be looking for third parties to assist them because they're just not going to hire FTEs to deal with this. They're just no. not, uh, they can't do it. Uh, no. I think I, I do want to try and, you know, given the time constraints, touch on a couple of other items. I mean, there's one <laughs> issue that has not been resolved yet with the regulators, which is this idea of labeling calls coming in through a gateway. Okay. And this would be potentially an internationally originated call using a North American uh, number. Okay. And we have different kinds of attestations in the stir shaken process. A attestation is full. Uh, this is my customer. This is my number. Uh, you can trust this call. Uh, B attestation would be something where uh, the call would go essentially through an intermediary, uh, such as a transit provider. Uh, and then there's C, which is really the gateways themselves. And it's a uh, traceback consortium uh, run by US Telecom and others. That is where the problem is a uh, has arisen. And uh, the problem is uh, enterprises cannot see what the level of attestation actually is in the SIP invite that is delivered at call termination. So uh, this is the famous Verstep parameter. Uh, 
And <clears throat> there's been quite a bit of discussion and filing, and we had a long session about this um, at SIPNOC, and it has yet to be resolved yet. And I think, you know, enterprises need to know, they need the information the carrier actually has, because a major bank or a brokerage firm has very different kind of data analytic requirements than a telecom carrier has. And the liability of a financial service provider is an order of magnitude greater. So uh, there's been a little back and forth between the sort of usual suspects on Wall Street and uh, the major carriers about you got to tell us what you've got because it's not like they don't trust AT&T or Verizon, but then again, they're, they're on the hook with the financial regulators. Again, orders of magnitude. And this is, you know, they're trying to, uh, uh, they're trying to stop account takeovers and that's their number one problem. And I know, Rebecca, your experience has been is that the people who are worried about this are a brand management folks, uh, the people who try and protect the brand and the fraud management teams. So, and they do, and I'll tell you, they've got budgets to be able to uh, invest in this kind of stuff. And I think that's certainly what we're going to be seeing you know, throughout the summer and fall, literally this year. But I think we can't miss the fact that while banks with deep pockets can cover this problem, that there are a lot of other businesses and industries and verticals that um, struggle. So I, I think that's the challenge to, um, you know, this space, the ones who are developing the standards, the ones who are regulating, the ones who are putting out the mandates is understanding right. that um, there has to be methods for legal callers at all levels to be able to manage their brand on the communication network. Otherwise, it's it'll be we'll start to see a shift on who can actually use the communication network, and maybe it becomes just an elite group, and it's not affordable. Well, yeah, and of course, uh, you know, I have a I have another job among other things is I am a member of the Federal Communications Commission North American Numbering Council which is the technical advisory board to the FCC on numbering policy. And basically all of Star Shaken falls within that group. And who gets phone numbers and why is going to become an increasing issue. And especially those third-party contact centers that run campaigns simply by rotating a block of numbers endlessly. Some of that may actually have to change over time, uh, but that's that's another story for another podcast. Right. So we got two more topics um, that uh, we want to address, and so let's shift over into the RCD. So how will RCD integrate with branded calling after the IETF approves it? And I know you, and, and for those also listening, kind of cover what IETF and, and how it relates to yeah, Sure. Um, you know, this is going to be a very, very important, you know, on a forward-looking basis. The Internet Engineering Task Force has been working with the ADISIP Forum, NNI, to produce what they call witch call data, which is what this would be is that the consumer could see not just a phone number, not just 
uh, CNAM data, you know, the verbose ASCII text one way or other, but also can have things like logos, theme songs, pictures, one way or the other. So when your doctor actually calls you, you know, they, it could be the picture of your physician going, yes, answer this phone. You, I've got, I've got your blood work done. Uh, Cause this is the telephone tag between the healthcare industry and consumers. It's, it's you know, nobody answers the phone. And this is a tremendous financial burden on uh, an annoyance to physicians one way or other. So, where we've seen the problems on inbound, um, you know, for enterprises, this is the reverse. This is outbound, which is creating a secure identity that uh, an enterprise or other institution could basically signal on the handset, uh, who are you? Okay. And there's a lot of people, you know, obviously looking at this and the ITF should be able to finalize this in certainly in the next 90 days, one way or the other. And, you know, this was authored by Chris Went, who is now with Somos, 800 numbers. So they've, they've got a, a highly proprietary interest in seeing something like this deploy. But it's actually going to be for both consumers and enterprises alike, a big deal. Uh, and you know, even for uh, companies like Domino's, okay, which is they're going to signal you, you know, via call or text. Yes, your pizza's at the door. Answer the door, you know, somebody. You know, also the package delivery folks. Um, you know, they're very, very interested in this kind of branded calling, rich call data. You know, the, to fight the porch pirates. Uh, so this brings. Federal Express, you, you know, U.S. Uh, Postal Service, uh, uh, you know, and, and others, you know, into the call authentication ecosystem. What do you still see as uh, one of the biggest challenges out of adoption of the RCD? So I know we have the, this is definitely standard uh, based, but once the standards and recommendations get approved, what do you see being the next big challenge for adoption in the marketplace? Well, that's really easy. Talk to Tim Cook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you can get Tim Cook on the phone and going, can you make, can you implement this, you know, in, in your handset um, and, you know, put some engineering cycles to this. You know, I think there's, you know, some interest definitely among, the folks at Samsung uh, about this. And, you know, if you can get Apple and Samsung, you know, on board uh, and help all of us and bring them into the ecosystem, and we could actually make significant progress in branded calling and trusted calling across, across the board. Agreed. So uh, one of the last topics that you brought to our attention are issues impacting rural carriers regarding the IP SIP interface. Right, and, and it, this, is, this is my personal hobby horse, yes. which is, Ray knows it, which is the problems of interconnection. We lose everything in the trusted call uh, system if the call drops to TDM and signaling system seven. Something has to, uh, something's got to give here one way or the other. 
And rural carriers in particular, you know, trying to negotiate an uh, all-SIP interconnection agreement with certain nameless companies who shall remain nameless has proven to be a challenge one way or the other. And uh, watch this space, watch this space, because it, it, the thing is so complex now and so interconnected. Uh, we're going to have trouble until the larger issue of all IP, you know, comes to some uh, fruition one way or the other. And I know we're just about there, uh, but things, by the way, are going well in Canada. Uh, you know, their, their adoption of Star Shake is doing fine. We oddly enough anticipate France is next um, for any number of reasons. The UK wants to do this, but can't for another podcast. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and now we're going to ch check in with Ireland. Yep. So, and, and I think, you know, just kind of reiterate the value that, that I see from the program that you've put together for, for these webinars is that that, that is actually kind of a, a good place where a lot of talking points are birthed. Uh, and then those topics are picked up and activities and initiatives are implemented. So um, it's it's more than just listening to a lot of people uh, for those who didn't attend. It really is the place where new ideas are introduced, new concepts, and a great way to kind of find out where is the market and what are all the industry leaders thinking. So you kind of have to attend all the different sessions to kind of pull that big picture together, which is what we love doing. Um, but just, you know, recommendation for those who maybe didn't participate in the next one. So I know there was some, usually there's a lot of like hot topics at these events where it's things that are not yet finished or things that are going to introduce challenges. So I don't want to miss the opportunity for some successes that were identified. So what did you see as some of those successes from the event, from your perspective that are great. These are positive. We're moving in the right direction. I'd like to hear your well, thoughts. First of all, let me emphasize: all of the presentations are still online. Yep. Go to SIPDoc 2020, uh, 2022. Uh, they're still free. You just have to register to download it. I think the the successes are, if you look at the numbers that are coming out from uh, some of the analytics folks, that the the asymptotic growth in robocalls calls has stalled. Okay, it's shift. You know, unfortunately, it's shifting to robo text now. So I think you know we. You know, that, that's another webinar right there. Um, so you know, we we've seen a stall. You know, begin anecdotally when I talk to the network engineers, the the deployments are getting into the network. The rural carriers now have been mandated. They've only got until June 30th, and that's across the board. So the smaller operators who had resisted adoption now no longer have any choice. Yep. And one thing we also discussed is, um, and, and I this is what I'm seeing as well, is that there's much more engagement from the enterprise side. I would say a few years ago, the the perspective was, well, this isn't our problem. It's really that telecom group over there. It's their problem. But they didn't realize that you, know, you had to be a part of the solution as well. And so I think that's one of the things that um, you can kind of see the progression of the Sibnox of how the enterprise voice has been not just heard, but it's now a participant. And you had a lot of different enterprise representatives on the panels as well that hadn't been there. In the exactly. Past. I mean, you know, 
a notable one was like Kaiser Permanente. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, try, you know, this engagement with the American bankers and the loan processing folks and uh, healthcare providers. I mean, unfortunately, you know, engineers like me tend to operate in a vacuum. You know, it's like, well, what do you really want? You know, I, I can code anything you'd like, just tell us what you want. And it, it, at least until recently, getting engagement from enterprises has been very, very tough. Uh, of course, you know, uh, my carrier friends are a little annoyed because they, uh, they'll, they're filing their complaints with the FCC and then the FCC is going, well, what, what, what about this? What about this? You know? So that, you know, that kind of, uh, dialogue. Mm -hmm. And again, last Friday was a very good example, uh, with all the major carriers involved, you know, all the wireless carriers and a whole bunch of folks from the enterprise side, you're basically going, okay, you know, you want to talk to the guys that are writing the standards, you're talking to them. Um, and, you know, tell us what you want and we will see if there's gaps in what we're producing to make this easier for you. I mean, I, um, they promised to get back to me within 10 days to two weeks with okay. a memorandum or a letter or, you know, some, something that will uh, give our folks, you know, uh, guidance on what to do. So Richard, looking forward, um, what can we expect for the next SIPNOC event? Uh, if you have timing, how you're going to deploy it, and then, you know, kind of what are the expectations of what we'll, well do? Well, we will definitely do it. That, that, that's, you know, the question for us is, is there enough subject matter to justify doing it in say for instance early december or you know wait um wait 12 months and do it again you know you know sometime in march or april one way or the other and th there's a number of determining factors here we've hit on all of them uh you know the the idea of rich rich called data uh how will that deploy and who's going to deploy it there are issues involving interconnection uh, I think one of the things we will hear more about is the situation in Canada, for instance. Uh, my friends in Canada politely declined to participate because they're, it's not that they didn't want to do it, it's that they're in round one of deployments even as we speak. Their mandate did not kick in until November 30th of last year. And they're working through all the issues that uh, we're still struggling with. I think what we may see is linkage, finally, between the, uh, the STIGA here in the United States and the SCICA, the Canadian route uh, in Canada. And by the way, I, I have heard, uh, again, already, uh, stir shaking tokens are being passed between Canadian operators and U.S. operators even now. That's great. Uh, so uh, a call that would originate on Rogers Network or Shaw or Kojiko that would terminate on Comcast Network, they're getting the tokens. Uh, so that's, you know, because they already have IP interconnection agreements among each other and have for years. 
Um, and I think that's also true for Charter, certainly for Cox and, and the rest of them. Well, I think that'll be a good, I think it'd be a great topic to have then at the next one is just lessons learned as well. And that should be a platform off of, now what does this mean on the cross-border? Uh, they, you know, there'll right. be enough right. enough learnings at that point for a really good discussion on that. So I yeah, think the, cross, the cross-border, I think, is going to be a you know, major milestone. Absolutely. And uh, we'll also probably have considerable data from the French uh, <laughs> because they're moving as rapidly as they possibly can. Um, I just don't see Ofcom and the, the operators deploying even in 2023. There's again, a whole multitude of issues there one way or the other that we need to, that they need to sort out among themselves. Well, Richard, we really appreciate you taking the time to participate on Tuesday Talks. Um, I know that just in our uh, planning sessions, we came up with more talks that we think our audience would absolutely love to hear. So we look forward to having you as a reoccurring guest uh, on our series this year for sure. And we'd also like to thank everyone for joining us on another episode of Tuesday Talks. Uh, And we hope to see you all again on Tuesday, May 10th. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tuesday Talks, your source of truth in the communications industry. Our next live episode will be held on Tuesday, May 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to register for the live event, and in the meantime, catch up on Season 2, and don't forget to send us your questions and future topics you'd like to hear us cover by visiting www.numerical.com slash Tuesday Talks. See you next time!